one constant through all the years, Ray. The ladies are digging my sweet face. It's the Sexy Voice Show on Beyond the Game. <laughs> Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game. Oh, I hurt them so much. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. That is a career ender. Just like this show. Please clap. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning and welcome to the Beyond the Game program. Glad you could be with us. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. TownandCountrySolutions.com. It's spring. I've been seeing a lot of moles and little critters running all over. And if they're starting to root around your yard, give Town & Country a call. 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions. Fearing nothing but God. I'm Rick Benson and joining me are those guys. Darren Metzger, Zach Barletta, who produces our program, which really simply means that if something goes wrong, Zach gets blamed. (laughs) Kind of a hallmark show for us. It's not only the two-year anniversary of this program, it's also our 100th episode. I know on TV they always celebrate when they reach 100 episodes, and for us here at BTG, knowing that Darren was involved, that was a number (laughs) I, I hadn't even considered. But it's been two years, two years doing this with you, knuckleheads. We've been pleased to have been doing this. And uh, if you've been with us since day one and haven't missed an episode, raise your hand because we have a very special prize for you. Nothing at all. I guess nobody. (laughs) Here's the thing. Praise God for allowing us this opportunity. We, We have a good time. It's fun to get together with the guys and talk sports. But this is bigger than that. We've heard from some of you who've been impacted by something they heard on our program, and we've also heard from some who dislike our faith-based segments. But overall, the feedback's been overwhelmingly positive, and it's an honor to go on the airwaves and bring a few biblically-based thoughts and challenges based on observations from the sports scene. And again, we thank God for that privilege, but we also thank our advertisers and especially our sponsor, Town & Country Pest Solutions, for making this possible. We thank 105.5, the team here in Rochester, and The Voice in Syracuse for picking up our show, and we thank you, the listener. And that includes our faithful podcast audience. Unlike open-air radio, we do get statistics from podcasts, which includes the cities and the countries from which listeners tune in. And this program has now been heard in over 30 countries. And some, like an individual in London, England, has been downloading the program every week for quite some time. So thank you, whoever you are in London, England. Thank you, Bremerton, Washington, Mountain View in Menlo Park, California, Roanoke, Virginia, Milford, Pennsylvania, Kalamazoo, Michigan, and many others that just pop up fairly regularly on our podcast statistics. And thanks to you listening in on good old-fashioned radio. Guys, I've said a lot here In the last two years, favorite moments, things that you've enjoyed about doing this program with me? I mean, let's just not make it about me. I know I've basically (laughs) lifted you up and carried you. My my favorite moment actually came outside the studio. I'm not sure if you heard about this, but I I signed an autograph. You guys haven't done that. I have. I just wanted to bring that up and let you know. 
Boy, we set that up for him. You really did. It was <laughs> on a tee for me. Flag. It was right on the tee. Thank you well, for that. Well, but Benson, you and I have signed autographs in another country, so I think we still win, right? Oh, well, that is true. I don't know. I, I've enjoyed a lot of things about this show. For one thing, like 100 episodes, it's about 99 more episodes than I thought <laughs> we would be able to do. Because in our very first episode, we talked about some really hot-button issues uh, with Michael Sam and Donald Sterling and stuff. And I thought, this is it. We're going to be one and done. They're going to get complaints. We'll be That's off the point. air. And it never happened. They just keep letting us do this. And here we are 100 episodes later. Actually, my hands-down favorite was the guy that hated on us in the gas station. That was a funny story. That was amazing. I mean, he really hated us. And I did everything I could not to laugh in his face because I thought it was so awesome. He cared enough to just berate me right there in the middle of everything and i guess the thing that really impacted me from that story he knew everybody's name he knew so he was well, he knew listening. zach's name he didn't know our names which i don't understand even better zach's name <laughs> he speaks the least because yeah, as we said at that. the onset of the show if there's something goes wrong there's somebody that needs to be blamed <laughs> zach's the producer he gets it but we do have some other things to talk about such as the new york mets pitching staff or should i say hitting staff after Bartolo Colon hit the first home run, what the heck are you doing? Two years, man. Hundred episodes. You are you don't the producer know not to touch of the, the show, mic. and you are messing with the microphone. <laughs> I've never done that. I just thought this might. Yeah, yeah you oh, just oh, keep, keep doing going. it. It's, keep it's, it's good for it. <laughs> after Bartolo Colon hit the first home run of his career last week, Noah Syndergaard goes out and does it twice in one game: a solo shot in his first at bat, and then a three-run variety the next time up. And these weren't soft little. Barely made it over the wall home runs. These were both 400-plus home runs. Look, man, he's called Thor for a reason. I guess so. Get this. Look, Met pitchers are 6 for 15, two doubles, three homers, seven RBIs, and four runs scored during this rotation cycle. (laughs) That's better than the Braves lineup, I think. (laughs) Everything's better than the Braves lineup. Only Jacob deGrom is the only true pitcher of the bunch as he turned in a more traditional 0 for 2 against the Dodgers on Tuesday. But everyone else just tearing the cover off the ball. If they were the first two at-bats, and I don't know who he hit him off him. I guess I never I never noticed that. But they would have been the same guy, right? First two at-bats of the game, probably looking at the same pitcher. You'd think so. That can't be much fun in the clubhouse after get, after the game to be the no. pitcher who gives up two home runs to the other team's pitcher. <laughs> I don't know if you saw. When, that's, that's a rough night. When James Shields gave up the home run to Cologne, he wouldn't answer questions about it after the game. <laughs> they asked him about it, and he's like, next question, man. It's got to be embarrassing. You'd think this would be made up, but apparently this is for real. Tennis star Serena Williams ordered hotel room, hotel room service for her dog and admits on Snapchat that it looked good enough for her to eat. And so, of course, she tried it. Oh, no. Why wouldn't you? And then she admits that later she got sick and had to run (laughs) to the bathroom. Williams posted a video to Snatch to Snapchat which showed a salmon and rice dish. Salmon and rice, which she had ordered for her Yorkshire Terrier at a hotel during the Italian Open. She says, I ate a spoonful. Don't judge me. Don't judge you. I'm judging you. Why does she have a dog at a hotel at a, for a tennis event? Williams says the bite tasted weird, a little bit like a house cleaner thing, but that she ate it anyway. <laughs> you can't make this... She says within two hours, she got sick and had to run to the bathroom. Are you surprised by this? Like, You know who ate half a dog biscuit the other day before I stopped him? My three-year-old son. 
That's who you expect this out of, not Serena Williams. She says, I don't think it's consumable for humans. They should have wrote that. <laughs> what? Where do you even start with this? First off, who knew? I don't recall seeing a room service menu for dogs at any of the Super 8s I've ever stayed in. So <laughs> maybe Serena and I aren't staying at the same type of establishments when we travel. Because I don't remember seeing room service menus for dogs. And if it's salmon, don't you know enough to leave it alone? Don't they? Do they really have to write that on there that it's not consumable for humans? It's fish. They're feeding it to your dog. Don't eat it. And if anything, Captain Obvious. And if anything seems a bit weird, especially fish, leave it be. It tasted a bit like a house cleaner thing. Yeah, it tasted like a dirty old pine saw rag, but I ate it anyway. Hi, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Before we go to break, let me give out our website, btgprogram.com. There we have full archives of past broadcasts and guest interviews. You can interact with the show on Twitter and other social media platforms, at BTG Program. Coming up on today's program, we'll talk with former MMA world champion Chad Robicho. Chad is also the founder and president of Mighty Oaks Warrior Foundation, working with military personnel struggling with PTSD. And here's what I know about Chad. You can't take him. You, you can, he's, he is going to mess you up. We talked about this the last time he was on the program. I want to set up a charity match between him and Darren. <laughs> I want to get them. It, it'd be so much fun watching Darren run away and just when he thought he got away trying to climb under one of the ropes to see the look on Darren's <laughs> face as Robocho drags him back into the ring by his ankles. I think I could last 15 seconds. I think Darren would be dead before everyone was in their seats. 15 seconds. I got this. Chad Robocho will be speaking this Wednesday night, May 18th at 7 p.m. at First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton. So let's see if we can't make this match with Darren happen. But first, he's going to he's gonna talk with us a little later in the program. And, of course, we'll have our Pest of the Week all coming up today on Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Remember when a small business needed a landline? Today, landlines are a thing of the past with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. On the road, at the beach, or at home, Grasshopper helps you grow your business. Get all the features of a business phone system and the freedom of a cell phone with our iPhone and Android apps. Features include multiple extensions for your team, calls forwarded to your mobile phones, voicemails transcribed and emailed, and so much more. See how it works at grasshopper.com, the entrepreneur's phone system. 
I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, our 100th episode, two-year anniversary of Beyond the Game. We didn't have this segment when we first started out, but it's one I think all of us in the room enjoy. We're going to do shenanigans. Zach is going to give us a statement, and we're going to go around the room and either agree or call shenanigans on it and offer our view of what it is he says. So, Zach, start us off, buddy. Recently, the Sacramento Kings offered their fans free tattoos of their new logo. Truth or shenanigans, if your favorite team offered free logo tattoos, you'd get one. Shenanigans. There is zero chance of me ever getting a tattoo. I think that might have been the most predictable answer in the history of the show. (laughs) (laughs) They could be offering a free steak for dinner every night for the rest of the year and two front row tickets to tea swizzle and it still would not happen. Not judging you or anyone who has them, but I don't like them, and I like needles even less. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, shenanigans. I have a bunch of tattoos. I want more. I love them. But there's nothing more, let's go with Gates, New York, about getting <laughs> a team tattoo on your body. Don't do it. I'd never do it. No. You just stereotyped an entire town. Oh, I did. I crushed it. You live in Gates, New York. I do. And you know you know how many garages I see with AstroTurf and a TV in there? <laughs> with a couch covered in plastic and a 16-year-old pregnant girl standing there? That's <laughs> Gates, New York for you, <laughs> the right there. When, when he said that, we both knew exactly what he meant. I mean, like, the stereotype's <laughs> accurate. But I definitely agree. I would do it. I love tattoos. Let I me remind it. everybody that the opinions heard on this show <laughs> do not reflect those of the host or this station. It is the two morons I do this show with. <laughs> I agree. I love tattoos. I've got lots of room for more. And, I mean, you, you get tattoos of things that are important to you, right? And, you know. No. Well, okay. Well, you don't. I don't. You don't. But I, I would do it. I don't. I wouldn't get a great big huge one someplace obvious, but I would do it for free, sure. Here's the thing. I have nothing against tattoos. My son is well tatted. He's got color all over himself. I just, for me, I don't like it, I guess, because of when I grew up and where I grew up. They were associated with dirty old sailor guys, you know. They had every tattoo was an anchor with mom written across it, and they were just these dirty old guys. So I, I'm not judging anybody. It's just the association that I make. Whatever. Also also very shocking, 50-year-old Benson doesn't like change. Yeah, that's true. All right, move on. Okay. <laughs> Truth or shenanigans, there are major league teams in worse shape than the Atlanta Braves. Shenanigans, I They've been in worse shape since the season started. What they lose? Their first nine games? Something like, like that. This might be the worst franchise in all of sports right now. There is no one in worse shape than them. I actually agree that there are. The Braves are terrible, 
Um, they're the worst run-scoring team in baseball. Their entire roster has been out-homered by some individual players. But at least the Braves have some really exciting young prospects who will be on the big league team soon. I look at teams like the Angels. Uh, 40% of their opening day rotation needs Tommy John surgery. <laughs> the farm system's barren. After this year, they still owe Pujols $140 million through 2021. So honestly, I'd rather be the Braves than the Angels. I agree too, Zach. I think the Braves have been stockpiling prospects and Frankly, I'd say there are a number of teams who are in worse shape. Probably not for this season, but in in the seasons to come, I think the outlook for the Braves is pretty good. The Yankees might even be one of those teams in worse shape. I, I mean, thought about that, yeah. Yeah, they have some prospects, but the AL East is getting very talented here in the next few years. All those teams have a lot of, a lot of prospects, and the Yankees will have a hard time just keeping up in their own division. But this is about the Braves. They may be down now, but I think they'll be just fine. Fans may boo now, but it'll be just like when they were booing the Golden State Warriors owner. Do you remember that when Rick Barry oh, yeah. had to come out and, hey, you guys, you need to stop? Uh, I think it was, who was it? They were retiring somebody's jersey. Oh, Chris Mullen. And the fans were booing. Well, this is going to be the same type situation. Who has the last laugh? So I agree, Zach. Something else I forgot about until just now was the Braves will be in a brand new ballpark next year. Leicester City became Premier League champions when Tottenham and Chelsea played to a draw last week. Truth or shenanigans, winning a title is only impressive if you actually play in a championship game. Agreed. I understand that the odds of winning before the season were minuscule, but it's just not impressive to me if you win a championship game by sitting at home watching two other teams play. It just, it's just not impressive. I think we're all going to agree on this one, right? Absolutely, we agree on this. Like, are you kidding me? You won a championship by sitting at home. I don't care what your odds were. You didn't actually play the game. This is why America doesn't like soccer. Play the game and actually win the championship. Then I'll be impressed. This is stupid. <laughs> I lo- you are making these just outlandish <laughs> statements and just... The entire country doesn't like soccer. I don't think that's true. Most of this country The entire town like of Gates has a 14-year-old pre- <laughs> 16, 16. Oh, my goodness. I, Zach, I agree. I, I actually had some cat from England tweet at me to explain the point system. Who cares? I, I had tweeted how pathetic it was that Leicester, not that they had won, but that there wasn't some sort of championship game. And he's explaining to me the point system. Thanks, Dr. Helpful. I think I got it. <laughs> I understand how it works. Now impress me and have some sort of playoff tournament. Have a play down. Take two two teams with the most points since you like your point system so much and have them play <laughs> each other. But for goodness sakes, decide it on the field. On the pitch. I think they should take the two teams with the most points and then have them have a cage match. Have them fight <laughs> each other. Uh, number four, replay challenges have hurt professional sports more than they have helped. I say shenanigans. I, you know, though, I will say that I don't always get it. I mean, I, sometimes I wonder what the replay officials, wherever they are, are, are looking at. I think overall replay is a good thing, not in every situation, but in the most critical ones. But here's the thing. You have to get it right. The, what is the point of having replay if you're not going to get it right? And yet sometimes you look at the video and you wonder, what in the world are these folks looking at? Yeah. I don't think it's hurt, and in fact, I think it's been quite helpful. And remember, it, it's still fairly new, and it's a work in progress. So I say shenanigans. It, it really hasn't hurt more than it's helped. I say shenanigans as well. I've always said that the most important thing is to get the call right, exactly like you said. And while 
I, I got to say, like, the system's not perfect. There are things that they need to tweak. There's things that should be reviewable that aren't in some leagues. But I'm a big fan of replay because you have to get the call right. Plus, everybody watching the game has seen a million slow-mo replays of the play as soon as it ends. So we all know whether it's right or wrong. For the integrity of the game, you need to have the call made right on the field. I say shenanigans for basically all the same things you guys said. But my main complaint, though, is how much it slows the game down. You need to find a way to make it quicker, make it faster. And honestly, I've seen some replays where I wholeheartedly disagree that then they still got it wrong yeah, even after you're going wondering what what did yeah. you see what were you looking at yeah what are you watching so for the most part i say shenanigans but there like zach said there are some imperfections and, yeah, and, and as we've said I, it's a work in progress mm-hmm. there's still there will be tweaking and mm-hmm. they'll get it right what i don't like and i think this is what you guys were getting at is occasionally you'll see a call that with the naked eye you get it right just watching on tv and then they go under the replay hood for like two minutes and you're like, you don't even need replay to get this one right. What are you looking at for two whole minutes? You know, yeah. like, that's and, and Darren makes a good point. You you got to speed it up, get mm-hmm. it moving, look at the video. It's right there. Get it right. It was recently reported that Warner Brothers plans to film a Space Jam two starring LeBron James. Truth or shenanigans? You'll go see it. Shenanigans. Thank you. I I will not see it. With rare exceptions, I don't like remakes as much as I like the originals. Redoing a classic like Ghostbusters, which had such great comedy actors with women in the lead roles. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, now that's just here. dumb. <laughs> it, it's not a role for women. It was it was for men. Redoing Annie, which is about a little redhead girl with a mostly black cast, makes no sense to me because Annie is a redhead. And I, I get it. I have redheaded children, so I'm maybe a little sensitive, but it, it made no sense to me. Putting LeBron James in Michael Jordan's role, well, now that's just dumb. It's not a role for women. It's a <laughs> role for men. <laughs> well, is it a sequel or is it a is it a sequel or a remake? I thought I it would be a know. sequel. I, even, okay, I hate whatever. it. Whatever. I'm not going to see this. It's garbage. I grew up with the old Space Jam with MJ and, and Larry Bird was in there and Bill Murray. That was awesome. And a whole bunch of Looney Tunes. Yes, it was great. I'm not going to watch anything with LeBron in it that has its name attached to Space Jam. I'm not doing it, no. I'll see it. I agree. Um, just because I love the first one and I, I think it's a sequel, I don't think it's a remake, but I understand why they're making it because a lot of little kids that are the age to see this movie now, when they watch the, the first one, it won't be as funny because they won't recognize some of the guys besides Michael that were in that. So... Well, they um, won't recognize most of the Looney Tunes. They're not on Saturday mornings. <laughs> you know what I That's forgot true. was in it? You had Charles Barkley in it, Bugsy Bowes. Well, I want to see Roger more. Rabbit, too, before I see Space Jam. <laughs> is that the last one? That is it. All right, let's take a break. Coming up the other side of the break, we're going to talk to former MMA world champion fighter Chad Robichaux. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. 
That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. The Home Depot has found a way to put more drill on your patio with less cash from your pocket. The Huntington two-burner gas grill with side burner for just $119. You save 20 bucks. And you get a rust-resistant cast aluminum cookbox with a 10-year warranty, a handy side burner, and enough cash left over for a nice thick ribeye or two. Bring on spring with the Huntington two-burner gas grill, just $119, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valen Connell, U.S. only. See store for details. Beyond the game, talking sports from a different point of view. Barry Bonds never took steroids. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Don't ruin it by being an idiot. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. Have a high moral standard. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. How silly can you get? You want to heckle blind people? That would make me soil my pants. Dude. Welcome back to the show, recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here is your host, Rick Benson. Joining us now is the president and founder of the Mighty Oaks Warrior Foundation. He is also a former world champion MMA fighter. He's earned a PhD. He's an ordained pastor. He's a best-selling author. He's done eight tours of duty in Afghanistan. He was a special operations force recon marine and a federal special agent with the U.S. Federal Air Marshal Service. And if that wasn't enough, he's been awarded the prestigious Medal of Valor. Chad Robichaud joins us once again on Beyond the Game. Great to talk with you again, Chad. Thanks for coming on with us. Oh, thanks for having me this morning. You're a former world champion MMA fighter. And when you retired in 2013, you'd only lost two times. I imagine that was a rather difficult decision for someone who was such a fierce competitor like yourself, what led you to decide to retire from the sport you love so much? Yeah, you know, it it was a really difficult decision because at at the time I I chose to retire, it was it was really at my um kind of pinnacle of, you know, my opportunity to progress on and get better matches and as a competitor it's really never a good time to to uh re, you know to quit or retire because as a competitor, if you lose a fight, you uh, want to redeem yourself and if you win, then the next big opportunity is there. So it, for me, it was a uh, you know it, it didn't feel like time to quit, but uh, my my work with uh, veterans and my nonprofit work was growing so much at the time. I had to make a choice, and uh, it's something bigger than myself, and so I had to sacrifice that. I thought I would have to sacrifice it completely, but luckily, I still get to be involved in the sport, even though I'm not fighting professionally anymore. Well, that is a remarkable decision to walk away when you know to do your nonprofit work. But you, as you say, you still have a heart for competition, and you currently compete in professional Brazilian jiu-jitsu bouts. What's the difference between that and mixed martial arts? And is your preparation for a grappling tournament different than it was for an MMA fight? Yeah, completely different. I mean, a professional MMA is, of course, you know, punches, kicks knees, everything. Uh, you can do all the different strikes and things like that. In jiu-jitsu, you know, you have jiu-jitsu competitions like through the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation, such as, you know, the World Championships, the Pan American uh, Pan Ams and things like that. And those, so I'll compete at those high-level events at, at the black belt level. But uh, now you're seeing more uh these pro jiu-jitsu matches where their invitationals um, – they have one called EBI and Metamoris, and one of my favorites is I just got competed in. It's called Fight to Win. It's a pro jiu-jitsu match, and they match it similar to an MMA fight card where they'll take two of the you know better black belts, 
uh, and, and on the scene at the time and match them up just like a, a fight match. So the training for it, you're training for one person, not a tournament. And, and it's a like one 10 minute, 10 minute straight round. And, uh, usually submission only, no points, but they'll still pick a winner. And, uh, so last weekend I got to compete against, you know, one of the current, uh, better black belts in the world, uh, Jeff Real, and he's, uh, you know, he's a champion in jiu-jitsu as well and, and, uh, had a great match. Uh, it was a good, good test for me to see where I was still at in that scene and, uh, I gotta get, I gotta win. Yeah, I was going to say you're being very humble. You 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 waited till the end there to to point out that you were victorious, but you you did get the win there. Do you get the same satisfaction? Do you get the same enjoyment out of BJJ that you get from MMA? Well, uh, to say like one of the things you mentioned earlier, but the training, the training is different. And, and you're training for MMA, and you're you're training for multiple sports. You're training boxer. You're training as a kickboxer. You're training as a wrestler. You're training as jiu-jitsu. You're training all these different things at one time. So it's very consuming. When you train for jiu-jitsu, for me, I just, uh, I do it because I love doing jiu-jitsu. So it's, my work focus is a little bit different. I don't feel as pressured to train. I just show up, you know, one, one training session a day and, and train jiu-jitsu as anybody else would do, you know, any kind of physical activity once a day. So the pre- preparations, you know, it's much different, but, uh, the reward is just the same. I, I, it's a lot more prestige in the MMA fight and winning, especially on a big televised MMA fight. But the joy of victory just, it feels the same. I mean, you put a lot of hard work in. Your team, your teammates get behind you and you train together every day. And so when you win, it's, you know, it, I just came, came off this win and felt really good, uh, to, to get out there and train hard and then compete and, and get, get a victory. I understand you have three children. Do any of them take after you competing in combat and wrestling sports? Yeah, my, my daughter doesn't, she's, trained when she was younger but now uh you know she's older she's 17 she doesn't i think she stopped at about 13 years old my two sons however have you know trained their whole life i always say so used to carry my boys in the infant carry and put them on the side of the mats and one day they crawled out on the mats and they never got off and uh so they still train my son hayden is a he's a high school wrestler and he's um he just made the uh, california state dual team which is you know really wrestling is very competitive to make those high level teams it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty phenomenal accomplishment as a, as a sophomore. You must be very proud. We're talking with Chad Robicho here on the Beyond the Game program. He is president and founder of Mighty Oaks Warrior Foundation. You can find out more about them, mightyoaksprograms.org. You can also follow Chad on Twitter, at Chad Robo. Among the many things you do, you work with military men and women struggling with the effects of post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. Two years ago, when you were a guest on our program, you said that the daily suicide rate amongst veterans was something like 23 a day, and the divorce rate was a staggering number, around 80%. And those numbers are staggering. Have they changed at all since we last spoke? The most recent divorce rate has been closer to 90% now. And then uh, the suicide rate, what that 22 veterans a day in, in one act of duty, but the, the flaw in that report is that that's only 21 states reporting. So we really don't know what the number is, but I can say that every time we get a group of 35 to 40 veterans and I ask them, you know, who here has lost a friend to suicide, you know, after Iraq or Afghanistan, every single one of them raise their hand. Mm-hmm. And that's not normal and, and that's not okay. And uh, so we've, we've had, in our program, we've had 919 graduates and we deal with a very harsh demographic because we get active duty it's coming from you know, psych wards and wounded war battalions and different things like that. So we get all these guys that come in and we've had, we've had no suicide. I mean, our graduates. And so that's something we're really proud of. 
but beyond suicide, these guys are doing just amazing things afterwards. I will say though, on the on the front end, we have a, a waiting list of you know 300 plus to come to our program. Far too many on our waiting list have taken their lives. In fact, about six mm. since uh, since January 1st that were waiting to come to our program. So it's a very real issue: um, the depression, the anxiety, the after effects of you know coming home and and uh, stepping out of a life of purpose into a life of that feels hopeless and and uh, many guys struggle. I struggle, and um, and so we're just very blessed for the opportunity to come alongside of them and, and uh, reveal to them that there is a purpose, there is something to live for, and there is uh, important things still in this world for them to do. Chad, how hard is it on you personally to know that somebody waiting to get into your program takes their own life? How difficult is that to deal with? It, it, it's the probably most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. Obviously, we you know. Open the conversation tonight, talking about why I would leave something that I worked my whole life for at the point that it's you know the pinnacle of it, because you wouldn't you wouldn't make a, a a sacrifice like that in your personal life if it wasn't something that you were passionate about, a belief was bigger than you and more important than you. And you know to walk away from MMA is a small piece compared to the things that you know me and my fam my family sacrificed to do this work because it is so difficult to uh, wake up every morning and know that the waiting list is just growing. Uh, on, for guys to come to your program, and it's bittersweet because you look at you know this this work that God has allowed us to do, and when I say it's bittersweet, I mean because we've always hoped that we'd become like a a beacon of hope. Our organization would be like a place that people would come and say, "Wow, there is hope. There is a place to get help." And now that's happened, and there's a line that we we can't uh, you know meet everybody's needs. So it's a, it's a it is a very big struggle for me every day. Um, you know, I push my staff <laughs> to. Uh, to do everything we can to try the best job we can to get the right guys in. You know, I travel a tremendous. I mean, I'm going to Rochester this week and I'm going to share my story and speak to everyone and encourage everyone that's in front of me, but I'm also going to raise funds to get guys into the program. You mentioned it and we'll mention it a couple other times, but you will be in Rochester this coming Wednesday night. You'll be speaking uh, May 18th, 7 p.m., First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton. So I want to invite the listeners to come out and say hello to Chad and hear this great man speak. Uh, you mentioned that you yourself fought through PTSD after eight tours of duty. Uh, can you talk a little about the toll that that took on your family and how you were able to overcome that? You know, I, I wouldn't say it's anything that happened like at one specific time for me. For me, it was just a uh, each deployment, each time uh, I would go to you know overseas and come home. You know, I, I became a little more distant from my family, a little more of a, I'd say, a frustrated person because I was. Anger probably wasn't the first symptom. It was just a high intense work environment that I carried over. Can't work at that pace and then Afghanistan and come home and be the, the Brady Bunch family. And, and, uh, I mean, it just wasn't, uh, something that I was able to do. So I came home and carried home a lot of anxiety and high stress, like that high stress work environment home. And, and, uh, I realized that. And, and so that me wanting to protect my family from that, I kind of created a distance between me and them. And uh, that that anger and frustration over time, over a four year period, just turned into anxiety and uh, and a, a overwhelming sense of uh, physiological symptoms that started to manifest, which was you know my arms started going numb, my face started going numb, I feel like my throat was swollen shut, and I didn't know what it was at the time. It was the onset of panic attacks, and uh, and I didn't say anything about it because uh, in fear of you know it was the special operations unit and fear of being you know, viewed as weak or incapable. And so I just kind of tried to keep it to myself and, and eventually, you know, I had to complete, you know, breakdown. And, uh, I just 
major panic attack. And at this point in my point in my time overseas, I didn't even remember about two weeks of my my deployment. And I came home and was diagnosed with PTSD. And uh, you know, for me and my wife, we had no idea uh, anything about it. And now there's a lot of information out, but this was in April of 2007. Being a special operations community, I just uh, I never knew what PTSD was or knew what it knew what this post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, and I hate that word disordered because it's you know completely inappropriate term for what actually happens to your body. But uh, you know, it was it was something real that we faced and struggled with. And, and uh, I went from being angry and in high pace to being scared and feeling broken and scared my wife and we didn't know you know what else to do. The doctor and counselor um, they put me on medications to numb those symptoms and and uh, it's a very sad thing to know, that, you know in dealing with other veterans to see that that's the solution that the VA and oftentimes unfortunately the military clinicians do is they you know give tons of medications. We get we see guys with um, 30 pills a day at times for PTSD and. And these medications actually do numb, and they numb to the point where you know, guys don't feel anxiety about anything, about killing themselves, about destroying their families, about anything, because they can't feel. So in that in that state, you know, it only made the situation worse for me. One of the things I had done my whole life, though, is, you know, I'd done you know, wrestling and martial arts. I'd already fought professionally. So for me, it seemed like an easy transition is, get, you know, my doctor and my con- and uh, my wife really encouraged me to get out there and, and do that. And when I got on those wrestling mats, uh, I really felt like I'd found the cure because if anybody's ever wrestled before, when you're on those match, your your mind can't think of anything else. You have to think of what you're doing at that time. So that brings a, a moment of clarity and and a detachment. So I felt like, wow, you know, this is perfect. I I, I get on these mats and I wrestle and I don't feel any anxiety. I can unplug. And honestly, that was good for me. It still is good for me to do that. But at that time, I took something that was good for me, like a medicine you could have for a cold, and and I abused it. And I would spend 10, 12 hours a day on those wrestling mats, not dealing with the things I needed to deal with and continuing to distance my family. My home became a very, uh, not really a, a home. My family was, my wife and children were scared of me. I was very angry. And eventually my wife and I separated in our own home. And, uh, I, I stepped out of our, our marriage and their relationship with other, other women. And we ended up separating and facing divorce. We sold our home, moved in two separate homes devastated our, our children because our we do have such a close family always have so it just devastated them and that led me to probably my lowest point because that time alone allowed me to realize that all these things I blamed everything on you know my dad for the way he you know for the dysfunctional way I was raised and my time in the military and my wife for not understanding because she couldn't possibly understand you know all these people I blame things on I came to the realization that it was me, that I was responsible for the situation that I was in and what I had put my family through. And that, that's a, that realization should have led me to fixing things, but it didn't. It led me to the realization that I'm the problem. I need to remove myself from the situation. So I wouldn't say I became suicidal because I went to escape my pain. It was because I looked at my family, who I did love, and I wanted to remove myself from the equation because I was the problem. And... um and so I became suicidal and I started trying to contemplate how I was going to do it to the point to where you know, I sit in my closet every day with a pistol and try to think, you know, who's going to clean this up? Who's going to find me? But I heard a statistic recently before that, that one in three children will take their life from a parent that commits suicide. And so that, that kept me from, from doing, from doing it, from pulling the trigger. And, and I'm thankful for that. And that was kind of a, I wouldn't say a turning point. The turning point was, 
you know, at that moment, at that time, when my wife came to me with the funnel, she had divorce papers, they were all signed, and, and before she had gave them to me, she said she, she just wanted to know for her, you know, how I could, uh, had been successful in the military, you know, she seen me become, you know, four street time marine, all the training, the, the deployment workups, she seen me do all these crazy fights, like fighting in strike force and Bellator and these, these big fights and all the work that would go into that and cutting weight and all these things. She's like, how could you do all that? And when it comes to your family, you'll quit. And that question, that challenge just radically impacted me at that mm -hmm. moment in my life. I, I knew at that moment that I had, that it, you know, I was wrong. I, I quit on the most important things in my life, my health, my faith in God, my uh, role as a husband, role as a father. And I just knew I had to, I had to do something about it and I had to make a decision to turn it around. And uh, so I made a decision then that I was going to uh, repair the damage and, and turn it around. And I did. Now, Kathy often speaks at the same events you do, and the two of you work very closely together in your ministry. To think that at one time your marriage was in such jeopardy, and what is it? How cool is it for you to work with her so closely in the ministry? It's broken full closure. I mean, our marriage has been through through a lot. I mean, we, uh, I mean, everything I talked about was really a snapshot, and it's the depth of, of things like that are a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of betrayal. You know, on my part too, I mean, you know, she would say it, but for me, it was like, you know, at the time I felt like I, I, I drained Kathy empty, so she had nothing left to give to me, um, because she, she tried to so hard for me. But in my perspective at that time, and it's not right, but I felt like, you know, I was married to a wife who wasn't supporting me. So there was, there was just so much hurt between both of us. And I think doing the ministry now, helping other couples, uh, particularly writing our book, the Marriage Advance book that we wrote, um, it just brought us to a level to really examine all that and go through all that, uh, the hurt, the pain, the betrayal, and just look at it and, and, and actually understand why it happened. And, uh, but more importantly, how the enemy meant to destroy us. And when I say the enemy, I meant, you know, the devil meant to steal and destroy our marriage and how God re restored it because that was the, that was the key part of our restoration was the restoration of our faith and understanding how to be the men, how to be the women, how to be the, the marriage that God intended and aligning our marriage to that through the restoration of our faith, which is the biggest part of my healing and our marriage's healing. And then seeing that on the other side, the damage, the restoration, and what it looks like and using it as a tool to point others to the, to the same path. And that's what we get to do in our ministry together. And so it's just so rewarding. While you never want to, you know, go through anything like that again, it actually brings some validation to, okay, if it could be used to help other people, then, then it's worth it. Uh, it's worth it to go through. And, uh, and, and we've, we've been just very fortunate to get to, you know, help a lot of other people uh, struggling with the exact same things that we struggle with. Your faith is obviously very important to you. Can you share with us how you first came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Well, as a teenager, the first time that, uh, you know, 14 years old, um, my, my brother was, was shot and killed. He was a year older than me, and he was the closest person in my life at that time. And so I was in a real deep depression, and uh, I had a friend. Uh, his family was a really strong Christian family, and I would always go. They really kind of scooped me up during this time of my life, and they took me to a church. And I remember uh, this moment where the pastor gave that opportunity to go and you know say a prayer and give your life to Christ. And, and me and my two friends like ran up and, and did that, and I was so enthusiastic. And, uh, and I believe it was real, but there was never any follow up. There was never any mentorship, discipleship, anything like that. And so 
even though I believe I did that at a young age, there was no one that came alongside me. It was just like a, a moment for everyone else to clap, but there was no, again, there was no mentorship or discipleship beyond that. So, you know, the, the world, the Marine Corps, <laughs> everything else, you know, took me away from that decision and uh, my own inability to follow up with what that meant. And so after, you know, fast forward, you know, all these years later, uh, unfortunately, all these years later that I have to live a life without the discipleship, when Kathy gave me that challenge to, to turn around and fight for our family, I, I knew I, did, I couldn't do it on, by myself. And so I said, I need some accountability to do this. And it wasn't a faith-based decision at the time. It was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, meet this challenge Kathy gave me. I'm going to fight for our family. But knowing I couldn't do it by myself, I wanted someone to help me, hold me accountable. And I looked at my circle of influence and I had like a thousand students and I was fighting and everyone was kind of lifting me up and telling me what I wanted to hear. I didn't have anyone tell me what I needed to hear. I didn't have anybody to hold me accountable. So I had to ask Kathy, who had been in this church, just praying for me, can you find a man in your church that would come alongside me and help me do this? And she introduced me to this guy named Steve Tills. And, and Steve, you know, asked me what I was going to do. And I told him about this plan I had to put my life back together. And he said, you're going to fail. And the reason you're going to fail is because it has nothing to do with restoring your relationship with Christ. And uh, and so at that moment, I, I trusted him. And not only did he, he reintroduce me to my relationship with Christ, but he walked me through a year-long uh, mentorship process of biblical manhood. What I discovered at the end of this year was that when I had tried all the pills, all the counseling, as much as I love jiu-jitsu, all the time in jiu-jitsu, all these things that I had tried, nothing worked to heal my anxiety, my depression, my lack of worth, my loss of purpose, all those things that, I, that PTSD and my, exper- my experiences from childhood and Afghanistan had brought in my life. None of these things that were able to heal me, but when I simply aligned my life, made a choice to align my life with the life that God intended me to live, be the man that he created me to be, all those things that went away. Uh, I, I was, you know, I, I didn't have the anger anymore. I didn't have the anxiety. I didn't have the, the struggles that I had. They were going away. I still had struggles, but it was different. I was able to have something to calibrate my life to and, and make decisions based off of. And that to me was like, uh, the only way I, I, I'm capable of explaining how I felt when I discovered that was like, if I had stage four terminal cancer and was dying and somebody gave me the cure, I felt like I had to share it. Mm. And, uh, and I knew that, that, uh, all these other veterans were taking their life and these other families were divorcing and, uh, and I'm sitting here with the cure and I had to, I had to share it. And, uh, that's why we started my yokes. If I could pay it, if I was able to pay it forward to one person, what the challenge that Kathy gave me, the mentorship that Steve gave me and the second chance of God's grace that I had, um, that I had to do that. And, and I've been privileged and I want to share it with one, but with many. And, uh, and I'm planning to continue to do that for the rest of my life. Well, that's a very impactful story. Great story. I can't wait to hear more about uh, you and your ministry Wednesday night at First Bible Baptist Church, 7 p.m. Uh, Chad, I want to thank you for coming on the program once again, and I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you guys. And uh, Thanks for having me on today. That's Chad Robicho here with us on the Beyond the Game program. If you missed it, check this out. Chad is a former world champion MMA fighter. He earned a Ph.D., he's an ordained pastor, he's a best-selling author, he served eight tours of duty in Afghanistan, he was a Special Operations Force Recon Marine, a federal special agent with the U.S. Air Marshal Service, and is a Medal of Valor recipient. 
I guarantee you have met few people more accomplished in your lifetime than this man. And you can meet Chad. You can hear him speak this coming Wednesday night, May 18th, 7 p.m., First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton, New York. I know it was a long interview, and you, as, as a producer, you're, you're probably hating me for it. But <laughs> No, he's I, such an interesting guy. He's done so many impressive things, and you just want to talk to him a little bit about all of it because he's, he's really an impressive individual. And I look forward to hearing him on Wednesday night at First Bible. Yeah, as someone who's heard him speak last time he was in town, I can't recommend it enough. Find some time on Wednesday night to go see him. You will not regret it. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country, Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country, Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, well... Just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585 426 5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. The Home Depot has found a way to put more drill on your patio with less cash from your pocket. The Huntington two-burner gas grill with side burner for just $119. You save 20 bucks, and you get a rust-resistant cast aluminum cookbox with a 10-year warranty, a handy side burner, and enough cash left over for a nice thick ribeye or two. Bring on spring with the Huntington two-burner gas grill, just $119, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid Connell U.S. only. See store for details. I've been telling you about McAfee's remodeling company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support.
We haven't done this in a couple of weeks, but one of the things that I enjoy is when Zach, or excuse me, Darren brings some tweets that he has found that are just, just silly, just humorous. We call the segment "The Good, the Bad, the Ugly," and you're prepared. You got a few of them I got to share few. with us. Yeah. Ready to go. Jason Garrett looks like the PE teacher wearing short shorts, giving an examination with one leg up on the chair, scratching his inner thigh with a pencil. <laughs> he does look like that guy. <laughs> Tom Coffin looks like the guy who feeds birds at the park and gets mad when squirrels try to take their food. <laughs> now, are these all from the same account? Yeah, they're all from the same account. Well, he nailed it. He looks, he does it. (laughs) You can picture him in the park freaking out about the squirrels. These are fantastic. I was laughing for for a good hour at all of these. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Van Gundy looks like the guy in the before picture in a cold medicine commercial. (laughs) (laughs) It's not true. And finally, this, this one's this one's spot on. Jim Harbaugh looks like the guy who yells at his wife in front of everyone when they lose at Pictionary <laughs> on game night. You could see that. Yeah, I could totally see that. That was fantastic. Although we're sure he doesn't do that. <laughs> sure you are. Are we sure? And this last one doesn't really go with the theme, but um, uh, at Gray Matter Eleven tweeted at, at Jackie Bradley Jr. Were you named after Jackie Robinson? Like. Dude, seriously? <laughs> he responds with, actually, I was named after Jackie, Jackie Bradley Sr. Like, how did you not figure that one out in the first? Why would you even tweet at him and ask that? <laughs> good response by Jackie Bradley Jr. There you have it. The good, the bad, the ugly. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. TownAndCountrySolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. My pest of the week is Dallas Stars goalie Kari Lettinen. In a deciding Game 7 matchup this week against the St. Louis Blues, he gave up three first-period goals, and the Stars were done before they had even gotten started. Now, I want to be careful because I'm sure nobody feels worse about the performance than he does. I'm sure that's not the results he was was hoping for. But it's Game 7, man, and it's it's at home, no less. And you were mostly a no-show. I get it. You're not totally to blame for this star's elimination from the Stanley Cup playoffs, but, man, I've never seen a team as flat for a Game 7 as Dallas looked the other night, and I've never seen a goalie appear as shell-shocked as he did in that first period. He may be a great guy. He may not have intended to play so poorly, but for this week anyway, Dallas Stars goalie Kerry Lettinen is my pest of the week. I guess you could say Kerry was letting in some goals. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, take it back right now. <laughs> My pest of the week is uh, David Ortiz of the Boston Red Sox. I don't understand to this day how he has this reputation as this big, lovable, goofball, teddy bear guy. The dude smashes bullpen phones, screams swear words into microphones with little children around, flipped out on an umpire and was ejected for it the other night. How does this guy still have this reputation? I, It bugs me to no end. I'll never understand it, and he's my pest of the week. My pest of the week is myself. I had a baseball game last weekend, and uh, ninth inning, down two, full count. Wait a minute. Well, I just, just I'm you have there. no shame. No, this is the worst. I, I'm, I'm a tool. I'm a massive you go tool. To I hate myself for what I did. To no. sneak in a little talk about your own no, baseball. No, game. trust me, this is bad. You are one sad, sorry little man. I popped out to end the game, 
slam my helmet. That's bad enough as it is, right? Don't you don't want to slam your helmet? You look like a tool. Yeah, I picked up my already slammed helmet and threw it again. Like I'm a tool. I admit this. I was just adding to the gate stereotype. I hate myself for this, so I'm making myself the pest of the week. That's kind of a disappointing story. I was waiting for the part where the helmet bounces up and hits you in the face or something. <laughs> like I'm kind of disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game's been brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Townandcountrysolutions.com. Give them a call five eight five four two six five zero two four. Tell them Benson and the guys sent you. I want to thank Chad Robichaud for coming on the program again this week. And just a reminder that you can meet Chad. You can challenge him in a fight if you have if you've got the guts. But you can hear him share more of his story this Wednesday night, May 18th, 7 p.m. at First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton, New York. You'd be hard-pressed, like I said earlier, to meet a more accomplished man than Chad. So go on out, say hello, and be sure to tell him that you heard the interview on Beyond the Game. Yeah, right, like anybody's actually going to do that. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for joining us. For those guys, Zach and Darren, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this very same time. Have a great, great week, everybody. And as we go, here's a clip Zach put together of some of our finest moments over the last two years. Our 100th show was just Nailed it. The award for worst idea goes to Beyond the Game. Get ready. Here we go. It's a faith-based sports radio program. I'm not certain that that format is ever going to work. I like it. Well, I I mean, I think it's kind of stupid, but I do like it. I love everything about it. The the beards, the handshakes. I love you guys. Love the program. You guys better watch out. You're going to be... Really, really, you're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. Well, I knew I personally rocked, but I never suspected that we rocked as a unit. So, thank you, Doc. Well, speaking of useless, why don't we do... Well, speaking of useless, here's... Uh. <laughs> Dynamite drop-in money and broadcast school has really paid off. We should have a really good show for you this week as... Darren's not here. He just doesn't seem to be interested. He, se- he seems like his interest is somewhere else. A good woman knows her place is in the kitchen making your man sandwiches. We just lost half our listeners. <laughs> We're now down to three. I feel like I learned something. A parent has uh, filed charges. You're pointing at me. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you to turn the volume up for my back. Oh. Well, I mean, I think it's up. I think you're good to go. Did it play? I- I knew he wasn't going to know what you were doing. We're running a quality maybe, program yeah, here. Maybe I should unmute it. We're going to have to try, try, try it again. <laughs> yeah, all right. There it is. Better late than never. All right, we'll do this again. <laughs> that wasn't where I was going to use it. But I, this whole pointing thing. This is what happens when Shane doesn't show up. Well, the whole thing is pissed off. This whole thing is an unmitigated disaster. I don't have to say that. Zach told me not to. <laughs> My bad, guys. One more time. You want to heckle blind people? That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you because you're really creepy. Any of the views on this program are not necessarily that of the station or the host. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. And that's a wrap, everybody. You're going to have to do an awful lot of editing. Another. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just cut that. Let me start over.